What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. We got the whole crew. I think this is, is this back-to-back shows we got the whole crew? It feels yep. like it is. Like fully yep. healthy. Uh, we're actually going to start off the show with some news, uh, not not regarding the Grizzlies. This is, um, it affects the show. We, as in Sports Ethos and the Ethos Grizzlies podcast, we are being moved over to the Believe uh, podcast network as well starting now like this episode will be over there and all of our older episodes have been ported over you can still get the the podcast in the same place that you've been getting it this just kind of gives us a, a little more exposure the believe network is growing and thriving um so it's not really going to change anything for you the listener uh it, it's just going to give us a little bit more exposure and we're all about that we'll take it get, get us uh into some more ears that's a, a plus for us so um I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. Be excited or or what for that, but that that is news. So there there may be some saying, logo changes say, or whatever. I don't know what all is going to happen with that, but uh, we'll keep y'all updated. Yeah, I was going to say I've heard I've heard really good things uh, about the Believe Network. Uh, t- tweeted out that we were moving over there, and I've had a lot of positive feedback. People from the Believe Network that are have done shows on there said that they they love it. Uh, so it. Definitely, I think it gives us more exposure, and it seems like it's a positive change, man. So I'm I'm excited about it. Yep, yeah, absolutely. You know, that makes uh, our our good friend of the show, uh, Sharon, has hers. Her, what, what is the name of her podcast? Is it just the Believe? Uh, Believe Memphis, Memphis, actually. Believe Memphis. Yeah, Believe Memphis. Okay, yeah. 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 You know, Sharon from from day one, whenever uh, when we became credential media members, Sharon was fantastic and so she's always been a friend of the show she is she's a part of that network so i'm glad to be joining her and uh there's a few few other people that i've interacted with on multiple occasions on twitter that are part of the believe network that seem like pretty good people so i say hopefully it'll be good but uh let's move on to some basketball expectations for this team now that injuries have plagued the roster um are as low as they can be, um, but let's, low as a, a grasshopper's belly button. <laughs> but we, we <laughs> this same uh, yeah. And I, I was I was about to say another one, but I think that that's I can't <laughs> say that on here. So. <laughs> uh, but but we've had some bright stuff. Before we dive into the the loss to the Timberwolves, let's talk about Gigi Jackson and what he has been doing. He had back to back twenty point games. Looked fantastic. Kind of struggled a little bit in this uh, in the game against the Timberwolves. Uh, some of that you can credit to the length and the defense of the Timberwolves, and some of that you can credit to Taylor Jenkins um, with, with his yeah, rotations sure. and stuff like that. You know, a guy goes from playing in the mid twenties down to ten minutes, and we, we can discuss why or why not. You know, forever on that, but th- that affects your rhythm. When you go from uh DNP coach's decision to starting, that affects your mindset, that affects chemistry, that there's a lot to it. So I- I'm super happy with what we watched him do in those two games. And I think we kind of we did talk about one in the last episode because Isaac talked about him being able to score in multiple ways. It wasn't just a catch and shoot three. He was scoring from the mid range, mid range, getting to the bucket, knocking down free throws. So that is something this Grizzlies team needs whenever it's healthy. And it's good to see that might be something that they have here in house and you don't have to go out and and necessarily search for it. Yeah, most definitely, man. Gigi has been a huge bright spot. Uh, Historically he is, I think the second youngest player, him and LeBron, basically, in order to, to get two two consecutive back to back points, and like you like you alluded it, like it, it's the way that he can get the scoring. I had said previously before this game, man, if if that man managed to drop twenty again against that elite defense, I was gonna start a GoFundMe for his extension myself because <laughs> like that just would have been unstoppable. I pre- I pretty much anticipated that he was gonna struggle against the length of of that Timberwolves team. Uh, especially if it's your first time out, really getting thrown to the wolves. I agree with your point that doesn't help you didn't get a lot of consistent rotation minutes. That seemed to be a a, a theme uh, in terms of guys not knowing if they're going to play, how long they're going to play from night to night. 
Um, I understand the logic to some extent in terms of you want to go with guys who who have the hot hand, but also you you wish Gigi would have got run. And, and more importantly, I wish Gigi would have got some run with maybe different guys than who he got run with. Not a big fan of him and Zaire Williams together. So we can talk about that a little bit later. But but anywho, um, Gigi's just looked incredible, man. Uh, he sort of stole America's heart with his with this uh post-game interview, TNT, uh, I'm sure by now most people have seen it, just him being all, being able to talk to Shaquille O'Neal. Um, apparently, he did not know he was on TNT broadcast. Yeah, so, he said he thought it was going to be the Ballard's broadcast. He yeah, thought it was, he he thought it was, he was Ballard's broadcast, so when he heard Shaq, he was real he was, he was real shocked, and that was a real, really nice moment, man. He's just the guy you root for, for sure. Um, and he, he just, he, as long as he continues to stay humble and be focused on impacting the game in multiple ways. I think one thing that's been nice surprise is he's been done pretty well defensively up into this game. I think a couple blocks, a couple steals, um, in in each of the games against the Knicks and the um and the Warriors. So shout out to him for that. He's still there's still some areas for him to grow, sure, defensively, but if he seems to be giving better rim protection than any anybody else we got on the team. <laughs> I think him and Tillman might might be head to head at this point. That says more about the talent at this time. Well, obviously you got Trip J, but like in terms of your like rotational guys, like it, there really isn't other too much rim protection going on. So just good to see him do the little things because I think that's really what's going to keep him on the court. It's not about how many shots can you get up if he's learning that all the other aspects of the game matter. Um, shot selection matters. Playing within the flow of the offense, which he's been able to do very well, matters then uh, I really hope he can develop this time because I'm not surprised at all that he didn't do as what didn't really do well in that Timberwolves game. I think that's to be expected, to be honest. So I'm curious to see what he does against the Bulls because that's another opportunity, I think, for him to really shine in that game. Yeah, I, I think I'm just excited that he's getting this this opportunity because under normal circumstances, there's no way that he'd be getting this opportunity. And I think it's going to accelerate his development. Uh, being able to be up with the big club, getting NBA minutes, because I don't, this is something that I don't think that probably it might not even happen for a lot of next year if they weren't kind of put in this position. So I think that's really a plus for him to, to be able to, to get this many minutes. Um, I think last night, like you said, man, to go to, from what he, what he had been the first couple games to last night is just kind of, we've seen weird stuff with this team. I also didn't like, the fact that every time that he had him in a game, he was playing him with Zaire. Yeah, I, I didn't like those lineups. I wish he had had him out there by by himself. I don't think him maxing him with Zaire was the best way to to help him. But when when I look at him, and I think his potential, I was talking to somebody earlier, and they're like, "Oh, what do you think he could be?" And they were thinking more role player. I, I think his potential is way beyond that. Um, I think he has the potential to be much more than just a a role player for this team. Um, you just see. The, the the skill sets that, that he has in his bag. I mean, the one-on-one scoring ability we've talked about and what I've been more impressed with outside of just knocking out shots is the defense, as you guys talked about. That was a kind of a knock of his coming out of South Carolina uh, was his defense, and he looks like he has potential. And I mean, me and David talked about that when we talked about him as a draft prospect, that all the tools were there for him to be a good defender. It, it was just on him and the coaching that he got to – to kind of bring that out of them. And I think we've already seen flashes of that here early. So I think that's a, a big positive. Like I said, scoring from all three levels, he gets to the free throw line, he knocks down free throws, and it just looks natural. Um, he he looks like he belongs. Like I said, if this team was healthy, I think if even if you threw him out there with healthy guys, of course he's not going to have 20 because he's not going to get that many shots with, that, with the main roster. But he looks like he belongs. I mean, he doesn't look like a guy that's, Oh man, this guy shouldn't be out here on the NBA floor right now. Um, you see some things from him that look NBA rare, like that release on that shot when he when he when he knocks down that three-pointer, man. It's super smooth, um, high release on it. I, I just I'm excited about his development, man. And that's one of the things I think that's gonna make this rest of the season less painful. Um and, but I think overall, not just Gigi, the the entire team um is playing and giving giving the injury. And I hope that keeps up. Like I said, we we kind of started talking about lottery and stuff like that. But this team, team's not laying down. Like, they might not win a lot of games organically, but they're going to win games here and there. Um, I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and they were like, oh, I don't think this team's going to win a game for a month. 
I was like, man, this team plays too hard. Uh, they have too much pride. They're going to win games here and there. Like, they're not going to like to like the, the, the win column up or anything, but they're going to win games. This team is not going to go on like a over 20 streak or anything like that. They're going to beat teams here and there. You even look at these next two games against Chicago and Toronto. I think both of those games are winnable if they get to give the kind of efforts that we've seen the last several games. Yeah, how much credit do you give? Uh, but before I ask that question, I got to when when the Grizzlies drafted Gigi, I'm going to say this and we'll wrap it up on him and kind of move on. Uh, I, I put out like the dancing traffic cone. I'm like, they they definitely did not make that pick for his defense. And, and he is really, I, I don't know if he just, some of it's role. Maybe it was just at South Carolina. Okay. You can kind of take it easy on the defensive end because you have such a heavy load on the offensive end because he, he looks locked in out there and that's, that's huge. I, I was suit that that was my biggest concern with him when they drafted him. If he was ever going to crack the rotation, he would have to be a serviceable defender. And I think that you can say with confidence he is at least that right now, and, and may, maybe even slightly better than just a serviceable defender. Um, the the question that I was going to go to Isaac, you were talking about this team going out there and, and playing with effort, giving like more energy going back to, I think it was the game against Toronto. Taylor Jenkins mentioned, I have to do a better job getting these guys ready. How much credit do you give him and the way that these guys have been playing lately? Um, I mean, I, I've been a person that's been, been really critical um, of, of Taylor Jenkins, but I think, you have to give them some credit because something was going on. They weren't giving that type of effort. I mean, they've even lost more guys since then. Um, and, and they're still, they're out there playing hard, not giving up because this situation that they're in, I mean, you they can look at this and man, you lose jaw, you lose Bain, you lose Marcus Mart. You can look at it, man, like this is a wrap. Like, why am I going to go out there and play hard? And and that's not what we're seeing from these guys at all. So I, I, I do give Taylor Jenkins some credit. I think a lot of these guys on this roster are just built that way. I mean, you have some dogs on this team when you talk about guys like Vince Williams Jr. Um, I think Gigi fits into fits into that category. Um, I think um, I think even though a lot of people are critical of Jaron, um, I don't feel the same way that they do. I don't agree with Jaron. I think Jaron goes out there, plays his tail off. Um, I, so I don't look at him. People call him soft and, and stuff like that. That he he doesn't really care. I don't I don't believe that. I don't think you watch what you saw last night and say that guy, that's a guy that doesn't care. <laughs> so um to those people, man, I, I don't know. Last night you still saw people bring it up, but but he didn't rebound, man. I'm like, get out of here with that, man. This dude, did you see what this dude was doing out there last night? But you see that behind the back uh Moody made on that drive to the basket and finished, man, put one on Gobert's head twice. Like he was going right at Rudy Gobert and, and calling Anthony Towns. He figured out early in the game last night that they just couldn't guard him. But back to back to what you said, man, I think I have to give Taylor Jenkins some credit on that. And, and one last thing on Gigi, another knock on him coming in was the immaturity um, and, and and stuff like that. And, and when you watch him out there on the court, you don't see that. The, the, the body language is not bad. You don't see a guy. He, you see a guy that looks like he's locked in, wants to get better, wants to accept coaching. He looks like nothing like – they kind of made him out to be. And again, I just think that situation in South Carolina was was so bad. I mean, he was 17 years old uh when when he got there. He was supposed to be a high school senior. And you're putting all that putting the him the the, the the he had to put that team on his back because that's literally all they had if you watch that team. And I think that's just a tough spot to put a 17-year-old. I mean, you're talking about a 17-year-old, so of course there's gonna be immaturity. Think about what you were doing when you were 17. Um, I mean, so I I I never believed in any of that. And I don't think that's what he is. Um, and he apologized for some of the stuff, some of the being hard to coach. And, and I think that he was genuine in that. Because if you watch him now, he seems to be a guy, like I said, that just wants to soak it all in and, and just get better. So um, I, I'm just happy about his development again, just happy that we get to watch this for the rest of the season, something that wasn't expected going into the season. Yeah. Uh, to go to your question, David, I, I think I, I give him – a lot of credit, uh, most of the credit, because we've seen this team look like they're about to throw in a towel. Like we've seen this team look lackluster, 
look like they're just going through the motions. And so you can't help but feel like it's different. It's the same players going out there. Uh, like you said, like I said, even less so. Because <laughs> Dez Elise was the guy that was out there that was the one doing it. And Dez would, Dez would be the only one who's head held high, still playing hard, and everybody else would just be out there. And so to see the comparison in a, in a worse situation, he's figured out something. But, you know, my thoughts on him as a coach never had much else to do, never had anything to do with him being able to coach. In fact, I went on maybe a year ago and said, I feel like he's good in a rebuilding type of situation. I feel like that accents his skill sets. I think he did phenomenal his first two years, really helping build the culture and the tone for this team. I have questions and I still have questions about how that, if, if he's still the guy to get you over the hump, I think just because you're a good coach doesn't mean you're a championship level coach. And I think, you know, I give flowers where it's due. He is 100% getting the best out of this roster. I don't think you could get better out of this roster, at least with what we've seen right now. Can it hold? We'll find it out too. <laughs> like, is it sustainable? We'll find out. They got a lot of balls still left to play. But if you can keep up something like this, it's, you know, you can't credit anybody else. I don't think. Not really. Because um, you still got to motivate these guys. I mean, even a guy like Jaron. Yeah, I think he cares. I agree with Isaac. I think he gets a little bit too much criticism in that regard. I don't, I don't think he's, like, lazy or anything. But I also think it's easy to, like, to get discouraged by the situation. And so um, shout out to, to Taylor for that. I think you're seeing some of the good things that he can bring. I think some of those flaws still show, even if we sort of alluded at lineups and things like that. Now, I will say this. I'm not going to be too hard on on lineups for the most part because, like, we only got, like, eight active dudes at this point. Like, he really is, like, just got to – I mean, there's only so many substitutions you can make. I was a lot harder on him before when there were some substitution options he had available now it's not so much. I still think he can do a better job of if you're going to play everybody in the first half, second half, play your best guys and in the fourth quarter. I think he was doing great into the fourth quarter. Um, anywho, I, I definitely give credit where it's due. He deserves that. He's And, and we'll see if he continues to do it. But um, I love what I'm seeing. I didn't expect didn't expect them to play this well. I'll just be frank. to To put out as much effort. To be honest, they were in that Minnesota game to the very end. They were in there. It was, yeah, I they, think, they were up five going into the fourth. Right. Mm -hmm. It was bad personnel lineup there that in the fourth that we shouldn't have put out there. Mostly Zaire. Just should have think we would have been fine had we not put Zaire out there. But outside of that, man, I mean, they really had it in the fourth. And and I think even if you had Zaire out there, I think some of the Jaron foul trouble played a big role in terms of not really having him for most of the third and then not having him for, I don't think even half of the fourth. So tough luck there, but there's a lot of different situations where they could win that game. And then you're looking at a whole different conversation about them going, yeah, they beat Golden State. Golden State looks pretty cooked. So that's not saying much these days, but to then go in and beat the number one team in the West and the Timberwolves, um, I think would have said a whole other statement, but for them to play as tough as they did, I think, I think it's incredible. So we'll see. Like if Isaac said, like they can keep this up against the Bulls, against the Raptors. I think they win those games. And to me, they look at not knowing how they just as competitive as when Job was on the court, but in terms of the fire, the energy, the camaraderie, the the level of competition that they're playing to, to me, it's not that big of a difference in energy levels. Then when when Ja was here, just it looks very different in terms of execution. But uh, you mean you gotta love it. Yeah, there are there are gonna be plenty of questions heading into the offseason. You got uh X uh, right now, he he's gonna be a free agent. Is he a guy that's gonna be on the roster moving forward? 
Uh, you know, he, he always seems to perform whenever his number is called. He He's had some times whenever he struggled. You, you look at the, the game against the Timberwolves. Final score of the game was 118-103. The Grizzlies lose by 15. But as Candace alluded to, they, they were in this game. The, this was, you know, it got away from them at the end. Uh, Anthony Edwards was not playing well in the first half, and he came out in the second half and turned it on. And between him and Mike Conley, it was just too much in the fourth for the Grizzlies to to stay there. But X in this game, 10 points, six assists, five rebounds, a block, a steal, and two turnovers. What has to happen for him to stay on this roster? Do you feel like there's a chance that we see him on this roster moving forward, Candace, or do you think that he he's gone heading into the offseason? Knowing how the, the Grizzlies like their guys, I can't say there's not a chance he won't be back. I don't think he should be back. And that's not a question of Tillman as a player. I think he's a very serviceable second, third backup big. You just got to get some size, man. You you got you got <laughs> you got to get some size on this front court. Um, so many undersized bigs. Uh, Brandon Clark himself, even when he comes back, undersized. So I just think you got to do a better job of getting getting some length on this team in that front on, – on, um, sorry, in the backcourt especially. But, but, yeah. So, anyway, you just got to get some dudes. And Tillman, um, you love the effort he can put. You love how consistent he is. But size matters. They can't just keep depending on Adams and his health. And you have to face the possibility that, you know, Adams may come back slowly. He may not come back right away. He may not look like himself – there are all these different scenarios, and if you keep bringing back guys like Tillman, it prevents you from really taking that next step because there's an obvious there are obvious limitations to his game. I think he'll go somewhere else, and I think he'll do very well. I, it's not a like I said, it's not a question of who he is as a player. I don't expect him to bum out of this league. In fact, he's one of those guys that I think because of his ability to just sort of step up, next man up, he could probably stick around in this league for quite some time. It's just that you got to pay other guys, and if I could afford to keep him and add a guy too, I would. But I just don't think that's what they're looking at roster construction-wise. And so, you know, the Grizzlies are the Grizzlies. They, they like to be loyal to their guys, so they might resign them. It wouldn't surprise me in the least bit. But if it were me, I would I would need to move on. I, I think for me, I think it, it's 50-50 uh, because there's a lot of, lot of questions with – kind of the direction that they're going to go this offseason, especially in the front court. Yeah. Because is, is Steven Adams going to be healthy? Is he, right. is, Steve, are, is Steven Adams coming back? Are you going to move Steven Adams? How does Brandon respond? Is Does he look like a guy that's going to be ready to kind of contribute next year, or does he look like damaged goods? I think there's a lot of different ways this is going. I think it depends on other moves. I, I think financially, I don't think he's going to break the bank because I think knowing him, uh, and, and Candace said this organization just a baseline is usually they like to take care of their guys. And I think Tillman has a family here. He's actually bought a house here. He's the type of guy I think he probably wants to be here. That's probably his preference. Um, so I don't I don't think it's going to demand a lot of money to keep him keep him here. But as as Candace said, I think you would like to get bigger because Brandon Clark is like you said not the, the biggest. They need more size and depending on what happens with Stephen Adams, do you move him? Do you bring in somebody else to replace Stephen Adams? I just think there's a lot of questions that will determine, determine kind of what direction to go there. But at his price tag, I, I think he's definitely service, serviceable if he's your fourth big. I don't think I don't think there's any issue with that because he's shown that if you need him to come in and play, uh, he can play minutes for you and be productive. Uh, so I, I definitely think there's a chance that he comes back, especially with this – been an organization that takes care of the guys anyway. And I think he's a guy that I, I'm sure if you ask him or gave him truth serum, his preference would definitely be to remain here in Memphis. So I think that gives gives him a chance of coming back. I think it just depends on what else is going on around around that front court in the team. And, and let me just quickly add to, I think you actually get more out of Tillman when he's in a smaller role, when he's not being asked to come, you know, every night. Cause I think you're seeing, there are some nights when you could just tell he doesn't look right. Like those knees, he just don't he just doesn't have the hop sometimes. And then he'll sit out a game or two. It's almost like the Derrick Rose effect. And then he comes back and then he's just 
everything you need, double-double, right? So I think he's a guy that you can get a lot out of, but if you overplay him or play him too much outside of his role, then that's when you start having negative negative effects. So um, for that reason, like I said, I think Isaac's right. He's not going back to the bank, but um, if it were me, um, got to prioritize size for me. Yeah, and I think just looking at this roster in general, Vince Williams has been converted to a standard contract. So next year, you have Brandon Clark that's not healthy. You have Steven Adams that is not healthy. Both of those guys are projected rotation pieces. And you're looking at this. Somebody has to go. You can't keep everybody. Gigi right now is on a two-way. I don't expect that he's going to get converted before the end of the year. Um, I know he's still got, with him coming in, you know, around game 40-ish. Uh, you know, he still has plenty of games that he can play before they have to worry about converting him. But I, I just don't see that that, that is going to happen unless they make some sort of, you know, consolidation move or something of that nature. So, so you're just kind of left with your looking. It's like, mm, okay, who's going to stay? Who's going to go? Um, we, we can kind of let, – let's go – let's use this to transition because I've seen a lot of – I won't say like it's not media attention, but I see Grizzlies fans talking about trading Luke Kennard. And we kind of touched on his role. Um, Candace and I had a, a conversation on Twitter talking about his playmaking ability. And for me, the bar was not like it's obviously not job or level high, but it was pretty high because when he was in Detroit, he had to be the guy. Like th there were a number of occasions where he was initiating offense. So I felt like he would look a little bit better initiating the offense. Candace made some great points. But with what you're seeing from him, great game. Eight, uh, He was six of nine from the field, five for seven from three, 18 points, two assists, two rebounds, and a steal, plus four overall. So that's the kind of line that you want to see from him. Obviously, he's not going to be playing 31 minutes every night if everybody is healthy. But have you seen anything from any of these other guys in the lineup that makes you feel like Luke is a guy that's expendable? We go yeah, I, I, I seem to be in a minority on this, but I, I'm not really – I'm not saying Luke is untouchable. Obviously, there are players you can upgrade. But I value his three-point shooting, particularly in playoff situations, I guess more than everybody else does. I just – there are very few guys who are as consistent and as dependable from the three-point line as he is. I mean, he's been better than Dez the past two years, and we'll see where the season ends up in terms of, you know, where he is three-point shooting-wise. I know he started off the year kind of rough, but I just – I feel like knowing when you're building a team around John Morant, who is known to drive to the basket, and you are surrounding him with a bunch of guys – who can shoot, but are not consistent. There's no one you other than Dez you can consistently go to on this team to get a shot for you. And people say that that's not enough value. I understand that. But when you're talking about building a playoff team, everyone needs a role. And everybody can't be Mr. Trade of All, everything, do everything. I'm fine if his role is putting up threes and spacing the floor. And because we really haven't seen it, well, we'll be seen into the playoffs with him, but we all know that really he should have started those games. Dylan shouldn't have been getting those minutes. We should have seen more Luke and Dez minutes. We, we haven't seen him maximized in a playoff situation, and we haven't seen him with a fully healthy team. I think before you trade away a piece like a Luke Kennard, I'd like to at least see how he fits alongside a Steven Adams, alongside a Brandon Clark. I'd at least like to see what that looks like before I just go trading them away. Now, if you're talking about significantly upgrading your team, then absolutely, Luke can go, and you just hope that you can get enough from everybody else, cross your fingers, cross your toes, three-point shooting-wise, because otherwise, everybody's just going to do like the, like, like, like the Lakers did and just let everybody chunk shots, and it won't work. So... Um, that's where I stand on it, man. I think you can only expect guys to do so much. I know with injury, people really want Luke to be that guy. There are some guys who are just who they are. And 
that's okay. And I really think the Grizzlies could do a better job as an organization in 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 really having players play to their role. I think they ask players. I think the Grizzlies organization and the culture is so much that we ask you to go above and beyond yourself and continue to grow every year. There is a lot of good to that. But the downside is then no one's good in anything. And you had a lot of role players that you're looking at right now where no one specializes. You can't go to any one player for any one thing other than if you want rebounds, put in Conchar. And if you want three-point shooting, put in Luke. Other than that, your Aldamas, your Zaires, your Roddies, what you get from them on a night in and night out of basis is a toss-up. And I think, like I said, when you're building a contender, a contender, that's less valuable than, you know, just some, just when you're in, in rebuilding phase. So, you know, I understand that people want to upgrade this team, but I do think that the value of what the small element of specialty that he brings being a little bit overlooked here because people are going to be upset about how many threes being tucked in playoffs and they're missing them when Luke's gone. I, I, for me, <clears throat> excuse me, damn. Um, I think I, I get I, I get the sentiment. I mean, this team has been uh, void of excuse me, void of three point shooting so long that when you you have a guy like Luke, finally you you kind of scared to go away from him. But when I, I look at it, man, the Grizzlies just and that that goes to the flaws of the roster. I mean, when you look across the NBA, it just seems like every other team outside of the Grizzlies has two, three, four guys that can can knock down shots. And yeah. I think this team has a lot of that's why a consolidation trade needs to happen because I think this team has a lot of guys that just aren't giving you what you need. I think they need to spread talent out overall. And and you wouldn't have to rely on a specialist so much. Uh but the reason why I think Luke kind of comes up in, in trade talks when you kind of look at the contracts um, in the contract situation and the money, him and he's right there at the top. If you're not going to move Marcus Smart, he's kind of that next name that has the contract that that has enough salary to matter in a deal. And he's also a guy that you look at these contending teams; they're going to want to add a three-point shooter. He's they're going to they're going to have interest in him. So in order for you to do, I think anything even semi-significant. He's one of the first names that are going to come up. If you're talking to teams, they're going to ask about Luke Kennard. And if you're going to make that move, I think that's what you need to do. And if you do move on from him, I just think they need to find a way to bring in more talent. Like I said, that consolidation trade needs to happen. They need to spread out. They have too many of those wings that we're talking about all the time. They just need to find a way to turn those guys into other players. And I don't know if they, they can, because like I said, those guys don't have a lot of trade value. Just like I said, like Luke has, so it's going to be interesting to see what they can do there. But it's it just, I don't think you should have to be that dependent on a guy like Luke to the point to where if you move him, it's a big problem. But I, I like I said, I understand that sentiment because they don't, outside of Dez, they don't have anybody. I think Viz Williams Jr. is becoming a little bit more consistent with his three-point shooting even more than I thought that he would. But, I mean, that's still a work in progress. You still, I wouldn't necessarily say, oh, well, we can move Luke Kennard. We good because Vince Williams Jr. is going to knock down threes for you. I don't think you could say that yet. But, I mean, I think he's he's heading there. He looks solid from the three-point line. But depending on what the deal is, I think I'd be willing to take that risk. But you just hope they can find other ways to make up for that down the line by bringing consolidating and bringing in players that can actually shoot the basketball. That That's kind of where I am on it. If, if it were me, I mean, of course, I think very differently than the Grizzlies front office. I think you got to take an L on some of these players. Like I said, I don't think that everybody's tradable. I think you cut a Laravia. I think you make a choice between a Zaire and a Roddy. And I think you, you know, maybe use picks to try to get you a, another center. Um, but more than anything, I'd really like to see the pieces that they brought together, you know, between the two between the two seasons your Luke your uh Marcus Smart your Adams before you just before you make a move to get rid of one of those pieces that you made to like win now 
I just I just believe in, in seeing it full see it see it in a series first before you give up on it. and I do get the whole solid matching thing. But if it were me and there's no consolidation trade out there, cut ego. Make some make a decision on some of these wings, try to bring in a low level center and get you over to the next offseason where you can like just see what everybody looks like fully healthy. Um you got obviously gotta do something in the offseason in terms of the center position, but um I, I think they just need to make the roster space more than I think they need to make a you know, if a consolidation trade is, consolidation trade is out there, great. But more than anything, they just need to make roster space with these guys. And I'm willing to cut guys to do that. Uh, guys that you know aren't bringing you much. Um, if you can get rid of a guy like there is some interesting conchar, you can move on from a guy like that and then just see where you are healthy. And then you can make decisions for what works, what doesn't work. Do you get rid of a Luke? Was he as valuable as we thought after you, you see it first? If you look at what this team heading in the next season, starting lineup, Job, Bain, Smart, Jaron, Steven Adams, Luke, Vince, Brandon, Gigi, Derek Rose, Santi Aldama would be presumed rotation play. That's 11 guys. They're not going to run that deep. But then anybody that I didn't name on that list, you're looking at X, you're looking at Conchar, Zaire, Roddy, LaRavia, is there, there's not a whole lot of perceived value in those guys, but most of those guys are still young enough. Their rebuilding teams are going to be willing to take a chance and be like, you know, okay, maybe I can unload this guy and not necessarily get somebody back that is going to contribute, but I can get assets once I see all of these pieces put in place and playing together okay, what is this team missing? Now I can use these assets to go out and get what this team is missing. And I, I think you uh, you hope as a GM that you drafted these guys and they are what you're missing. But I'm just not convinced that that any of those guys, whether it's, it's LaRavia, Roddy, Zaire, I don't know that that they're going to turn into that rotation tie player that's going to benefit you in a playoff series. And out out of those guys, Zaire is the last one that I'm holding on hope for. Even though he has played bad, he I got super excited. He he was bringing the ball down the floor, made a crossover. He gets downhill into the paint, ball fakes and hits X in the dunker spot for an easy dunk. And I'm like, fantastic. Do that again. Let's see that again. But you you see things from him, and it's like, is it there or is it a fluke? And more and more, it's seeming like it's not there and it's just a fluke. He is still young. There's room for him to grow. There's going to be growing pains. But if you're serious about winning the championship, you have to have the right pieces on this team in order to do that. And right now, with the guys that are not healthy heading into next year, you can't have everybody that's on the roster right now on the roster next year with these guys. So somebody has to go. Yeah, um, I, I definitely agree with that. They just have too many roster spots taken up with guys that you you can't depend on. Um, they just they got to find a way to to open up spots and I said and bring in guys to improve this roster because there's just not a lot of space uh, when you're talking about bringing guys in there's nowhere right now there's just nowhere for guys to fit especially when you're talking about integrating new guys back in because you're going to have Steven Adams or somebody else as your starting center coming in next year you got Brandon Clark coming back um, I mean you got job like there, there there's just too many spots taken up I think all of, all those guys, there's like two or three spots that you could consolidate. If you could bring in one player that's better than all those guys, just a solid rotation player, and then just have end of the bench guys take up those spots, I think it would be be better than than what you see right now. It just there has to be some kind of consolidation. I think it could have already happened, and now that they're kind of in the the, the rosters, they're kind of in, in the situation they're in now. 
it still might not happen at the deadline, but it not, it needs to happen this offseason. I yep, think that yep. that so the hammer has to come down. We we've been talking about this too long, man. You can't keep carrying all these guys at this point. You you really you know with Arabia, you know that that it's just not gonna work out. You can't keep carrying all these guys and saying, okay, well we're just putting these guys out there to see what we got. You know what you got by now, and so you just got to make a decision on which one of these guys you're gonna keep and which one gonna let go. You can't keep carrying all these guys on the roster. They even got an extra year of data analysis. <laughs> I, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> so you got an unexpected year of data. I don't want to hear about it. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and there are a lot of you know, Toronto has been, I won't say blown it up, you know, like that they're getting good pieces in return, but they're moving stuff around. So you know, why not kick the tires on a guy like Gary Trent, you know, a, a six-five wing that has proven that he is NBA rotation talent, and maybe they feel like one of these guys or, or a couple of them fit well around Scotty Barnes and the core that they're trying to build there in Toronto are, you know, if, if it's, who knows, like you, you don't know who is available, but you have enough contracts, whether you think, okay, we, we want to upgrade in size. Brandon Clark still has perceived value. His contract is tradable. Maybe we pair, Brandon Clark and Luke Kennard together and go out and get somebody or, or whoever Clark and Kennard, Kennard and Adams, whoever, whatever, like there, there are a lot of options and there's no doubt that this front office is working, but they shouldn't just make a trade to make a trade. If they're going to make a move, I think that it has to be a win now move, even though they're not in a position this season where they're going to be winning now. Yeah, I agree. I, I think if if there's something out there that makes sense, like I said, I don't – as David said, I, I'm not going to make a deal just to make a deal, especially in the situation that they're in now. But I think if there's something out there that you look at and say, okay, this is not going to push us into – I don't think you should be looking at, okay, well, we're trying to bring something in that's going to push us over the top this year. But if it's something that makes, makes sense long-term, you know the pieces that you have on this roster – and you know who can fit with those guys. So you have enough information to to kind of figure that out. So if there's something at the deadline that makes sense long-term, um, and also I think if they can make a consolidation trade, do that anyway. But if you're going to do something a little bit bigger than that, I think if it makes sense long-term, go ahead and pull the trigger. Don't hold back just because this is kind of a, a lost season. Um, I think you still should conduct, conduct business as if this team – is a contending team because that's what they're going to be when they get all these pieces back. So you can't just shut down business and, and act like you're not going to do anything. And we're all the way back in development mode. And we're not concerned about what's on the roster. I think anything that makes sense at the deadline, I don't think you should hesitate to do it just because you're kind of in a position now where this has been a season where you're probably not going to make the playoffs or do anything significant. And you may be listening to the show and be like, oh, well, why are you guys having a theory crafting episode? You know, we, we talked about the game, the, the Timberwolves game, but we're having these type of discussions right now because the Grizzlies are in talks. Most recently, you you see Kyle Kuzma rumors and the first team listed, the, it was like the Grizzlies, the Spurs, and I don't remember who else, but you see the Grizzlies pop up and it, and it hasn't just been Kuzma. There have been a number of names that the Grizzlies may be interested in this player or whatever, and, and we know a lot of that is, is speculation, but they, they have pieces. They have contracts that they can move, and they have young guys that they can move and picks. So whoever that is, you know, and, and Mikel Bridges has not been himself this season. I know there's a lot of people that, that would love to have him in Memphis, me being one of those people. If you have the young pieces and you have the guys that match the salary, why not give it a shot? You tried it last year. They said he was untouchable. They see that he's struggling this year. Maybe they've rolled on him, and, and you can go out and get him for cheaper than what you offered last year. You just never know. But – well, we're going to talk about Kuzma a little bit here because he's a name that I saw today. Do you know, was it Shane? Uh, um, Sean Geronimo. Yeah. yeah I can't yeah. remember if it was Woj or who. 
I remember seeing the tweet, but the, he that the Grizzlies were a team that were connected to Kyle Kuzma. And one thing we we were kind of chatting about this before we started recording. Um, I, I'm not opposed to upgrading the roster. I don't feel like Kyle Kuzma is a guy that really upgrades the roster because I don't know that he can do enough to contribute to be a, a winning player on a winning team. I've not seen him do it. And that can change, right? A, a guy can be that way until he's not. You know, you, you get on a team that's winning and then he can contribute. And, you know, he, he was in Los Angeles, had a good team around him, wasn't really contributing big there, but that's a LeBron James team, and that's a different animal than any other contender. You know, th th there's not LeBron on, on every team in the NBA. So his shortcomings in Los Angeles and the stuff that he struggles with in Washington, does he have the tools on a team that doesn't have LeBron James to be that guy that's going to contribute to winning? And and I'm not sure that he he does. Yeah, hey. uh, I, I go ahead, go then and now. Oh, I was gonna say yeah. I've I've, I've always been a fan of Kyle Kuzma. Um, I, I'm I like I'm, I'm a sucker. Any guy that's like six nine, six ten that can can shoot the basketball, uh, that I'm a I'm a fan of those type of guys. He just fits that 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 prototype. Um, I understand that there's been he's been inefficient. Uh, I, I, but I think if you're on that Washington Wizards team, I think probably if you look at everybody's numbers on that team, they're inefficient. I don't think there's probably anybody that's efficient because it's just a wide open, just we're just going to go out there and put up a bunch of shots and run up and down the court and see what happens. That's kind of what they are. But if you bring a guy with into a, a, a winning structure, I mean, you got guys like Ja, you're playing with Ja and Bain and, and Tripp, and you, you put him in the middle of there. If you bring that guy in, this team is always – needed more size on the wing. Um, and there's some question on whether he's a three or whether he's a four. I, I think he can play the three. I know, I know a lot of people don't. I think I don't think there would be any problem with him playing small forward in that lineup. I just think he brings scoring to this team. And I think if you put him in there with other guys that are going to be scoring, because you know Jaws going to get his numbers, Bain's going to get his numbers, I, I don't think you don't need him to average 22, 23 points a game that he's averaging right now, if he gives you 16 and some nights, he's a guy that can go off for 30, uh, 35 points. I mean, you see him do it all the time. They're going to be nice where any of those guys in, in that four, if, if, if he was to be brought here, can go off for you. I just like having that scoring option on, on in a lineup. Now, it, it's, it all about, it's all about price for me. I'm not going to give up Marcus Smart in that scenario. I think I would start him and bring Smart off the bench. I know that there's a lot of thoughts on Smart coming off the bench and whether that's something that's actually viable. I, I think in his ideal role on this roster, if they, in their, I guess, finished product, and what I would like to see this roster at, I think he would be a, a guy that's a six, super six man for this team. I think that's his best role, but will he re be willing to accept that role as a veteran? I don't know. Uh, but I'm not opposed to to Kyle Kuzma at all. It's just about price. I probably don't trade Marcus Smart for him, but if you could do something like Luke Santi, uh, a first or, or or something like that, built something around that, I think I would be willing to make that move. But like I said, I understand people look at his inefficiency numbers. He never really been a guy that really looked like you haven't seen him do it, contribute to winning. So I get the the thoughts on it, but I just think he would. I think he'd work out. I, I think if you put him in there in that structure with with those guys, I think he would be a plus player for this team. And I think he adds the size of the scoring. Not a a great three point shooter. He's a, a solid three point shooter. I think he's about thirty five percent for his career. But he's a guy that's capable of knocking down threes. Man, I, I just think those four guys, man, would be be hard to deal with. Um, I, I like his fit in there. I, I know a lot of people don't, but. I'm just a big fan of his anyway, man. So if if you could do it without giving up Marcus Smart, I, I think I would do it. Yeah, I fall pretty much dead set in the middle. Um, you could talk me into it. It's one of those moves that I'm not going to be upset about if they made. I, I do have questions about fit. Um, now he has proven to be able to do the three size to, to play the three for Isaac's point in the 2020-21 
year when um the COVID year, he essentially played uh small forward that year, uh, at least according to uh pro basketball reference. So he played he played it before. Um I mean, they, still they, have, they even still have I'm sorry to interrupt you. They still they have him listed as a small forward. When you look at pro reference and stuff like that, he's listed as a three. Yeah, small power forward, small forward, everywhere you look at, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So, so he can he because he played you've seen him play the three on hey, a championship team. So I think if there's anything to go to that point, there's that. Because you could talk me into it. Um price does matter quite a bit because I I'd hate to lose the defense that Marcus gives you. I think you need that in certain matchups. I'm not sure that his offense is so much better than the offense that Marcus gives you plus his defense. Um, now I know size is a question, and for sure it's a it's a legit question about can they, you know, is just having a taller, longer wings off the bench, is that good enough to mix and match? in your rotations come playoff time? That's a question. Um, like I said, I'd like to see it first, but I don't know. I can't. also can't get excited about it, super excited about it. I mean, it's nice. I think on paper, it's wonderful. It's one of those things that I wonder if the on paper would look as good as the actual on-the-court product. And to me, it's a toss-up. Um, so that's why I don't think you can afford to give up too much for him. But – you know, like I said, they do it. I, I I think more than anything, I like the idea of them doing it for me to once again have confirmation that the front office, their headspace is in the right direction. If nothing else, I think that'd be the most exciting part for me if they're actively looking to make the team better and not just resting on their laurels, if you will, which I think they have done sometimes um, and missed opportunities because of it. But yeah. we'll see. I'm really not convinced that it's going to happen. To be honest, I think yeah, that, I don't think so. I I don't think that they pulled a trigger. You know, I've heard reports anyway that they're going to be in a lot of trade talks, but not necessarily looking to make a significant move. And my guess is that trading for Calhoun would be significant for this team. So my guess is they're not really serious about it. But we'll see, man. Um, all comes down to price for me though. Uh, I don't, I don't, I, I think I question too. Can he be like a winning team? Like. Is this going to be another Dylan Brooks situation minus the defense? Um, scares me a little bit. But, you know, this team does need scoring. It needs offense and more than anything on playoff time. That's their biggest weakness. So I'm open to saying let's abandon some defense, focus on offense, and see where that leads you. I, I You could tell me on it. I was going to say real quick, um, and I, I would be surprised if it happened as well. Because that would be a pretty significant move, yeah. um, and, and I don't know if they're they're going to do anything that significant. I, I do think they do something, but I don't know if it's anything that big. Um, I, I think we've also, uh, if we're going to talk about this, another name that's out there is Quentin Grimes from the Knicks. I, I, I could see, I think I could see that more than I could see Kyle Kuzma because that's not as big of a move. Um, it just depends on what the Knicks are trying to do. I think that could end up being. Both of those guys, actually, but I think it could end up being a three-team deal. But I think I could see Quentin Grimes end up being that more so, and I think that's the kind of thing the Grizzlies will get involved with, being kind of that third team to facilitate a bigger deal. Uh, you, you see the Deontay Murray stuff about him possibly going to the Lakers. I, I could see the Grizz getting in as a third team in, in a deal like that um, if, if the Knicks are involved. and So, so we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I, like, I, like I said, I would be excited about it, but I would be surprised if it happened at this point. Yeah, I like I said, I'm, I just have reservations. I think is he? Would he be? And Candace kind of mentioned this. Is he going to be accepting of a lesser role? Um, and he he may be. I'm not implying that that he would not be, but the, there are just questions that come along with him. And I think honestly, I can't, I can't knock you for that for thinking that way. What's that? I was gonna say I can't knock you for for thinking that way. I mean, those those are le legit concerns. So. Like anybody that's against it, I can't. I'm not gonna come out to you hard being against. It. I, I, I like the I like the size. I, I like yeah. the size. I like the shooting. He his first year in Washington, he averaged around eight and a half or nine rebounds a game, so he can rebound yeah. the ball. I like the rebound well. as well. Like 
that, you know, defense is definitely not his strong suit. And that's something when you get into the playoffs, and I've said this on multiple occasions, I don't give a crap about regular season wins as long as you have enough to make it into the playoffs. Because regular season does not really matter. You just have to get there. You know, if, if you get there, you got a shot at winning it. And when the game slows down in the playoffs, losing that on defense, are you going to be good enough on the offensive end with him to get over that hump? And maybe you are. Maybe adding that shooting with the size, maybe that's enough. But it, there's just enough question there. And, and the thing, like, in order to add somebody of that caliber, you're going to – it's going to hurt a little bit. So this is – it's not going to be, oh, well, well, let's keep Luke and let's not get rid of Steve-O and let's not get rid of Brandon Clark. Let's not yeah, get rid of Smart. Let, let's let's send them Zaire and LaRavia and First of all, you know, like salary's got to match or have to be yeah. close. There's some exceptions in there. But but secondly, it, it's just you're you're not gonna get and and unless you're the Lakers, they somehow managed to do this on a yearly basis, but you're not gonna get gold in return for crap. Like it's just not going to happen, not not regularly. So, and I don't expect that to happen for the Grizzlies. So, again, this is just kind of theory crafting stuff that there's been chat uh, around these guys. I wouldn't hate the uh, the Quentin Grimes move, but um, I don't know. You know, they moved quickly, and you add OG Ananobi for that two way wing. I I just wonder how much they were trying to open up because you have McBride there in New York. That's a, a, a pretty good guard. And then you have Grimes and then, you know, they signed Dante DiVincenzo. So there's a lot going on there. They still have, you know, they could move oh, yeah. Grimes or McBride, either one, um, and still have a pretty serviceable guy or a young guy that could develop and be pretty solid. So I, I don't know which one of those two, that they would value more or less. But I, I wouldn't hate even if McBride ended up being that guy. And that's not a name that we've heard of. But, uh, you know, like that that's a, a contract, something that, you know, maybe with the injuries they have, X is attractive to them. I know they just got Precious in that trade with R.J. Barrett stuff. But, you know, he's not playing many minutes. So I don't think Tibbs has a whole lot of confidence in him. Um, there, there's a lot. There, there's a ton of options, and there's even stuff that we're not discussing. More, more than likely, if a trade happens, it's not going to be something that we talk about on here because that just happens to be the way things typically go down. So we'll go ahead and and get ready to wrap this up. Do you guys got anything you want to talk about before we get out of here? And I was just going to say real quick to your your points on the on the Knicks. They definitely have a lot of different pieces that they got to figure out what they're going to do with. Like a lot of, they need some consolidation as well. We talk about this Grizzlies roster. They have some consolidation to do as well um, and decide, make decisions on was he going to keep this guy? Is this guy going to be a part of the future? So they're definitely a team I would watch for just kind of some of those lower tier guys on their roster that may be moved in a, in a, as a third team might be able to pick up in a bigger deal uh, because they look like they're going to be, consistently active at the trade deadline. They've already made the big move to bring in OG and they look like they don't, I don't think they're done. Uh, so that that's definitely a, a team I'm, to watch. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now that if, if there's a chance to get Mitchell Robinson, like, you know, they're, they're there going, might be low on him. the, the right Knicks now. are in a spot where they're, they're wanting to win. And so if they need shooting off of their bench, and we can, uh, hey, let's we'll send Luke Kennard and picks or whatever, because Mitchell Robinson's twenty five. He's under contract for the next oh, two yeah, seasons I'm, after I'm, this. I'd like, be all in on that. Yeah, sign sign me up. You're not winning this year anyway, and that gives them a piece that may make them feel like they're a step closer. Sure, let's do it. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. And Candace, you got anything else before we get out of here? 
No, no. I'm just excited to see how excited to see the effort. I think I'm I think that's what I'm enjoying the most, the energy that they're playing with, still being able to be at uh enjoyable games to watch because sometimes those first 25, man, those were unwatchable. So I'm just enjoying enjoying what I can get, man. Really hoping that they can keep this going in. Uh I think they really got a shot to potentially win this upcoming game. That's kind of what you want to see. You will hope to see the young guys shine again, kind of bounce back after um having a not as productive game last game and so we'll see how that turns out that's that's what i'm looking up for forward to you know hold we we have not talked about the scotty pippen jr side with that that happened after our last recording and we haven't recorded since then and so um you know i, I watched him some in college kind of studied him when we were doing the draft stuff i don't think we actually talked about him on the show but i know isaac and i have had conversations about him so isaac but, well, Candace, I'll throw it to you first. You're, do, do you have any thoughts on the Scottie Pippen signing? Did It It kind of surprised me because I thought they were going to use that two-way on, on a big rather than a guard. So that was a little bit surprising, but I like the signing. Candace, where are you at on it? And then Isaac will kind of toss it to you, and when you finish that, we'll wrap it up and get out of here. Yeah, uh, I, I think that it was a good move. I think it's a, a good, good guy to take flyer on. I actually was not surprised that it was a guard just because your guard depth had gotten decimated. So everybody was so focused on center that I don't think, I don't, th I don't really think people realize that they literally don't have a true point guard other than Jake Giller on this team. Um, you just, you just throwing guys out there. I mean, John Conchar at point, Luke Kennard at point. And so you literally don't have anyone in that position anymore. So I think that forced their hand. I, I'm not sure if, Dez is still playing um that it, or, or just Dez by himself. I'm not sure that they that they go and make that move, but but yeah, I get it because I've said this before from a center perspective, I, I think there are several guys who are prospects and you know they're gonna get awarded 10 10 day contracts. I think you stick a couple of two the 10 day contracts together for these centers, let them guys get some run, see how they do see how they fit with your team and you can move off of them quickly. Uh, you know, especially because we saw with uh, with Bismack, how he came out of the gates storming. And then it was pretty apparent if they had given him just two 10-day contracts. Well, did they? I don't think they needed to. I think they had to, they got the job, the job exception. And so I think he just ended up getting signed. And I don't think they did two 10 days right on him. No, they they, they actually signed it. Yeah, yeah he was signed. So they just went ahead and signed him. And I think – with that in mind, <laughs> they probably think now it's best to just see how these guys fit, see how they flow, see if they can be consistent or not. And when you're talking about centers and bigs, you can get them at a low cost. So I think it makes more sense to get you a point guard, given your guard death being dissipated, and then rotate guys in and out at that center, center position, see how they fit. Because the reality is – they are looking for a long-term big. So I think that's the better strategy, and I sort of agree with them on it. Um, surprise some people, but for me, I, th I think that was the right move. Man, for me, I kind of look at it the the, the opposite way. Um, since center, I think long-term is a, a bigger need, and you're looking for that because point guard, you, you don't necessarily need that going forward once you get job back. I thought that they would use the two-way because that's more permanent and gives you you go out and find somebody that you think could possibly be a long-term piece and gives you a full look at them. You don't have to worry about 10-day or them being, being moved off. You got to try to put it back on another 10-day. Since that's a bigger need going forward, I would have thought they would have used a more permanent position, which is the two-way on the big and kind of brought in ball handlers on the exceptions, on the 10-days and stuff going forward and bringing guys in and out because – you you do need point guards and ball handling, but you do have, as we've seen, guys that can be put on the ball. So to me, I, I don't feel like that was important, I, but I do like the move of bringing in Scottie Pippen Jr. because I think he's a guy long term. I think he has some potential. He's not a not a great shooter, but he's a scorer, uh, pretty solid defensively. You you watch him in college. <laughs> uh, but you got got to work on that shot, but. He's a guy that has the potential. I think he's an NBA player, um, and, and I'm I'm glad that hopefully they give him some run. He was already with the team. He was with the team last night. I was hoping he gets some run last night, but I guess that's 
first first game in, you know how this team is. Got to get your vitamins and all that stuff, as Taylor Jenkins says. But um, I'm, I, I think he's a piece that could you could, you're going to be able to employ him long term. He's going to get minutes because they need that ball handling. So I, I'm excited to see him added to this roster along with Gigi and along with Vince Williams Jr. Those three guys are what's going to be the excitement from a club and obviously trip and what he's going to do. But those are the, the main three things I'm going to be watching going down the stretch, the development of those three guys and, and to see, to see what you really have. I think you've already seen what you have in Vince and I think Gigi going to continue to get better and better. That just adds another element to this team. But I, I feel pretty good about that signing because I think he has some real, real upside. And to, to, to your point, Isaac, I think you would be correct if they liked the landscape if they if there was a guy out there that I think they felt strongly about could be the long term solution, I think it's more indicative of the landscape. I don't think they feel like there's a guy that like make the commitment to. Yeah, um, and so I think they'd rather take flyers. Yeah, Trey Jimerson was right there, man. I I don't know what about him that they don't like, but I, that's a guy that I would have took a flyer on, man. I don't I don't know I, I don't know what the deal is with there, but I I think. I would have loved to got a got a look at him for for the rest of the season. And that's a guy out there that I think I definitely would have would have probably made the move for. Yeah, but that's my guess. I, I'm guessing they didn't want to that they, they just didn't love the landscape enough to want to make that permanent commitment. I'm guessing Beesmack probably. Uh, I mean, they paid five million for that dude to to really <laughs> be unplayable there at the end. Like so I think I think that sort of burned him a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats, three, congratulations yeah, to him getting <laughs> five million for. Yeah, he got games. that check, man. Man came off the couch for for about a month. Got that, got that five million. Yeah. Yeah. Man, let me get a part time job that pays me five million. If only I was <laughs> six eight, had a seven five wingspan, man. <laughs> Dang, went in the cars for me, well, guys. We appreciate you tuning in. Again, this is episode number one of the uh, Ethos Grizzlies podcast, being part of the Believe Podcast Network. So looking forward to working together with those guys. Uh, you can get the show on Twitter. We're at Ethos Grizzlies. I'm at NBA Dwell 21 Candace, I don't know where they can find you. You can find me at Candace H901, and I let Isaac take us home. Yeah, man, Grizzlies will be back on the floor in Chicago tomorrow night. I'm looking, man, Grizzlies are six-and-a-half-point underdog. That number seems pretty pretty big to me. Um, oh, okay. I, I think that's uh, a <laughs> Winnable game for the Grizzlies, so we'll we'll see how that plays out, man. But excited to see these young guys back on the floor. Hopefully, we get that same kind of effort we've seen the last several games. Because even though they 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 lost uh, last night, it was still still fun to watch them compete uh, against one of the better teams in the league with a depleted roster. So uh, you can go over to eat those Grizzlies, give us a like and a follow. We definitely definitely appreciate that. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Isaac Double Underscore NBA. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Until next time. We're gone.